0: Hello, hello, everyone. I just wanted to take a few moments and just, first of all, uh, give some testimonies. We just uh, finished a couple of weeks very busy on the road. Uh, One of the honor and the privilege I have is to be part of a doctoral program. Many of you know that I've gone back to school. And part of the reason I'm going back to school is actually there's a discipline for me, and it has been for over two years now, when you already have a 80 to 100 hour work week and you add another 20 to 30 hours, it's a very, very tough pace. And it's been a big, big stretch. There's many times you wanted to give up. But in the middle of it, right now, I can start to see the finish line. I have over a year left to go, so it's a long race. And sometimes life is like that. And even the Christian run is a longer, 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 and a longer race. It's not usually a hundred yard dash. I know there's some believers, they just call for a short moment. and. They finish in a short period of time. Jesus went to school for 30 years in preparation so that he could run the race for about a three year period of time. But while he did that, he did finish well. But I realized very few people has been able to finish well. So it was an honor as part of this doctoral program, part of my investment, even with my doctoral thesis, is to be able to raise up a generation that are going to be able to start well, to run well, but also to finish well. So I just wanted to put that as a framework and then uh, having an interview with what Dr. Randy Clark, we just did and we talked about this topic. I've talked to many, many key leaders that I admire. And the same also with uh, Randy Clark, just a few moments before this, uh, podcast i just was sharing a little bit with randy clark and then i asked him for some wisdom uh, for somebody now in his 70s that are still running the race but the lesson you have learned that you're running the race and this is what we want to capture for all of us so that every single one of us my heart and this is the life verse my life verse is john 17:4, where jesus says father Father, I have glorified you here on earth, and I have finished everything that you called me to do. To live and love in such a way that we bring glory to him in the journey while we are here, living a lifestyle of glory and go from glory to glory, but also finish everything that he called us to do. There's very few people out there. Actually, what I figure based upon the statistics, maybe 7% of the believers finish everything well, meaning they accomplished the divine purposes that God had for their life. So what is happening to all these other people that also has been born again, born and bought with a price, that also submitted to the Lordship of Jesus? Something is happening on the road. That doesn't mean maybe they fail or anything else, but they came to the end of their life realizing they didn't live full and they didn't die empty, meaning they didn't do everything that God had called them to do. They didn't finish well. And yes, they are in heaven, but I'm sure that many of them will reflect over if I had a chance, if I had an opportunity to go back here, some of the differences. And there is some people I know, Papa Jack. He finished well at his age group. There's other people now, like the Billy Graham that has gone to heaven. Right now, bunker. Uh, Louis Palau, I I don't know everything about all of their lives, but what I have seen about that, it is somebody that made a difference. They were difference maker. So I call this message today, The Finisher Anointing. The Finisher Anointing. And I wanted to take a few moments just to read from the book of Hebrew. The Hebrew, and we're going to just look at a couple of verses from the book of Hebrew. Hebrew, wow. And let's just look at verse 1 through 3. It says, therefore, therefore, so this is a connection with all those people that live faith in the chapter before, in chapter 11, the hall of faith, which is actually a hall of grace. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, meaning... Here's Papa Jack, here's Reino Bunke, here's Billy Graham. Here's all those people, the large cloud of witnesses in heaven that gave us the battalion. What they started now, now they're up there as cheerleader watching us right now. Therefore, since we have this, such a great cloud of witnesses and they're surrounding us, you're not alone in this race. It's not just about what you want to do with your life and help God to fulfill your dreams. This is something more significant to that they are there watching us, connected to us. They pay the price. Now they're giving us this relay pin to be able to make sure that we do our part. Let us also get rid of every weight and entangling sin and let us run with an endurance the race that is set before us. Focusing on Yeshua or Jesus, who is the initiator, who who is the author, who is the finisher or the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and he is taking his seat for the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you may not grow weary in your soul, and that you will not lose heart. So, these verses there in Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3, came to my heart and my spirit this morning. And then I just felt also that I want us to look at a few of these verses and just meditate. But there's a couple of things that we see here. One of them here is that we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus in this season. Uh, We do not want to just start well. And I have met some amazing believers, some of them being part of our spiritual family. Some of the people had good intention. They said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. They came into this and said, I'm in. I am for him, not against him. And then things happen during the journey of life. And a lot of people, they lower the expectancy level. Many people are just doing what is needed to get by. Instead of stepping up to the game and becoming who you are, stepping into this place where eventually that everything that Jesus paid for, they are living that. They are not writing small checks when they have such a big heavenly account. They recognize the divine change that Jesus did on the cross, that took all of those different things in our life for one purpose so that we could eventually, as I say, He became us so that we could become Him. He took our sin. He took our sickness, He took our shame, He took all of the bondage and everything that we had. And it was not just that He fixed us, but He made us a new creation, one that is actually made in His image. The sons and daughters of glory, He paid all of that price with a fullness. And then He gave us the Holy Spirit, who is a Holy Spirit filled us with the Holy Spirit, spirit in us for ourselves, then the spirit came upon us so that we also can be witnesses so that we can do what Jesus did and even greater things. This is part of what he did. He believed in us. The father sent the son, then the son sent the spirit, and now the spirit is sending us with the same calling. And then, but we are connected and we need to be connected to all the people that has gone before us. We need to be connected, not just biblically speaking, to all the people in the hall of faith that we read in Hebrews, 11, but also all of the other people that, including Papa Jack, that I'm thinking about, or Todd Bevan, who is in heaven, or a Bob Phillips, somebody once connected to me. Now, I have been given an opportunity, I'm still alive and I'm born for such a time as this in 2022, and I have an opportunity with my little life to be able to get up every single morning, do what is needed in preparation. We have a Norwegian. And I'm proud of that as a Norwegian, I've been following him, who, who won the Olympic medal, who won world championship, and have even broke some world record in running. And I was just thinking about when I'm watching some of the training program, when I'm watching the discipline, and I'm seeing some of these athletes, including I was just uh, watching one of the ski champions, the routine that he is going through, the discipline that he's going through. I realized that some of those people as athletes, they live with even a much higher discipline than most of us as believers that is called to living a lifestyle of glory, and to be able to finish well. And I'm not talking about performance. I'm not talking about we're going to add to the work of Jesus. I am not talking about we're going to do this for God or some kind of a self. No, I'm coming in here to a lifestyle that Jesus is describing here in the book of Hebrew. That Jesus, he took his time and he prepared well. And then at the age of 30, heaven opened up. The spirit came down. He was affirmed by the Father, led into the wilderness to be tested. He came out of that wilderness full of the spirit. And he says, now the spirit of the Lord is upon me and he has anointed me. And against all odds, he got up every single morning, found the rhythm of life. And for the next three and a half years, eventually he said it's going to be better. I go away. And some of the last words that he did before he became also among those large cloud of witnesses and goes up to seated at the right hand of his father and he gave us his last command that all authority now has been given to me therefore you now can run therefore you go you go and you as you go you disciple nation you baptize them in the name of the father son and holy spirit you immerse them into family Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then you teach them all the things that I have commanded you. Meaning every command, including healing the sick, everything that Jesus has commanded us, he's going to teach us. This is the discipleship process. And the word disciples also connected to the word discipline. So what we're reading here in the book of Hebrews, there's these people now because of the large cloud of witnesses, I want you to run the race that is set before you. And there's a race that is set before each one of us. There's a calling over your life, your bought with a price, you belong to Him now, and He has called you. Not just to start that race, but now to be able to build the spiritual muscles, to be able to making sure you have the spiritual endurance, the spiritual perseverance, you have what is needed to go through the race of life with all the obstacles and all the tension and everything that happens around us to keep your eyes on Jesus, who is the author and he is also the perfecter or the finisher of your faith. The verse afterwards, Jesus actually endured the suffering, the pain of all of this race because the joy set before him. And by the way, you are part of that joy that was set before Jesus. It was worth it. So many people wanted to give up. The disciples, they fell asleep, but Jesus was awake that Thursday before the cross, the agony of that night and the torture. It was not just the fatigue and it was not just the warfare, but it was also in the moment when he realized he started to take even the emotional and the physical pain of a whole world upon himself. How could he endure all of those things? Because the scripture says, because the joy set before him, because the father had a beautiful, beautiful bride before a bridegroom. Room that he was preparing. Jesus was seeing you. He was seeing somebody else was going to take this torch. And you see this in the book of Acts, chapter 2. And especially in Acts 1, 8, it sets up the stage. But in Acts 1, 8, he said you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He said, actually, before that, you have to wait, wait, wait till you're endued with power until the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you. And then you shall be a witness. And it's going to start in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and this is going to sweep into the uttermost part of the world. So, congratulations, we are born for such a time as this. Congratulations, we are called to run this race that is set before us. We are called to start well, but we're also called to run well. There are sometimes we may be far and we stumble. There's maybe some times we get distracted. There's some times that we are not hydrated. So I just wanted to talk about a few of the key principles I felt that is needed for us. What are some of the obstacles even to stop people in the middle of the race? Because there's so many different distractions and if I were the devil, I would just making sure, not that you do not start well, but that you do not run well and finish well. I would just put certain obstacles Things like disappointments, discouragement, distractions, and delays. That would be some of the things that I would put. But there's other thing also. Here's a practical one. Maybe one of my biggest weaknesses. We start very well and we've run very fast. It was not long ago that I was going to start trying to get back to running a little bit and biking a little bit. And I am so much out of shape. And one of the things I learned very quickly, and this is my tendency. I started a little bit too fast, I ran a little bit too fast, and I was supposed to, at that time, to do about five miles, but by the first mile, I was totally out of ear, Because again, I hadn't set up my pace. I started a little bit too fast, but I didn't pace myself for the big pitch and the big run. And I am wanted to set up now at the age of 57. And it is both physical and emotional and spiritual is to be able to make sure that we are staying healthy so that we can finish well. So here would be a couple of things. One of them has to do with just to making sure that you do take care of yourself and you are prepared preparing yourself so that you are going to be able to withstand some of the obstacles so there is these obstacles like losses uh, disappointments different things that comes along that can make you stumble and you have to get up again and continue to keep your eyes on Jesus, who is both the author, He is the writer, He is the one that has set all of these things. But He's also going to have you with a finisher anointing that you finish well. Another thing that it says here in the scripture is actually that you will actually let us run with endurance, making sure there is endurance, the race that is set before you. So there is endurance, but there is also a race that is set before you. So, my question is. What are some of the things that is gonna give you endurance? And what is the race set before you? And then it says, let get rid of any weight. We sometimes carry weird things from the past. We are carrying toxic thinkings, and I don't know if you are aware that probably 80 to 90% of even some of the things that affects your body and affects your spirit is connected to toxic thinking. Another thing for the toxic thinking is what it talks about is actually the flesh in the list there in Galatians chapter five. But there is also fruit of the spirit that means from a chair one that means that when you are abiding in him and he is abiding in you when you have the oneness with jesus christ when you're walking in the spirit and you do not fulfill the desire your flesh that is when you start to think love you think joy you think patience, you think kind words it's certainly when you have a healthy thinking it also produces health to your body and health to your spirit and you will have a healthy immune system and you will wake up in the morning and you will live and you will love differently and you will do it well. So there's some practical things. Drink plenty of water. And I'm preaching to the choir. This is part of my own conviction. Drink plenty of water. Second of all, make sure you get plenty of sleep. And I'm living in a culture, and I have said it, and I will repent from it publicly speaking. And that is sometimes we bless those two hours or three hours of sleep so it feels like eight hours we're using these charismatic terms or language and yeah I'm not saying that God cannot bless those two or three hours but the reality of the matter is that when God is inviting you in to be able to making sure that you are setting aside that while you are resting he is working and you are prioritizing that so you do not step outside the limits that he has given you and then you ask God to bless it and you are no longer doing what God is blessing you ask God to bless what you are doing so It is also important for us to steward well and steward our body well, steward our mind well, and steward rest well. Not a conviction I have, like yesterday was such a war against that Sabbath. I don't know if you're keeping the Sabbath, but you have a 24-hour period of time and for some of us on the road, it is different from day to day. But yesterday was my Sabbath that you set up 24 hours. And it is almost like a car you're putting into the shop. You're checking the oil. You're making sure the gas is full. You're cleaning the car. You're getting the car ready. Well, you're focusing on three primary things I do on my Sabbath. Loving God, spending time with him just for having time with him i just making sure that there's no alarm clock on, there's nothing there. But when I wake up in the morning after good night rest, the Sabbath starts the night before for me. And it takes me into the morning. So you wake up in the morning full of rest. And I have just one major focus. And that is just to be with a lover of my life. Just to say yes to him. I'm saying that I'm setting this time aside. And I just want to be so overwhelmed by you that nothing else can overwhelm me so loving god is number one on my sabbath number two love yourself love yourself well so what are some of the things that recharges your tank on that sabbath for some people it is to go for walk in nature but do something to be kind to yourself that recharge i have another friend he takes his convertible car and he drives around do something that gives you life and gives your soul. He restored my soul. Renew, refresh, and restore your soul. Your emotion, your will, your mind, and your personality needs to be recharged by some of the things that you do there. So uh, somebody asked me, hey, would it be okay if I, because I had one of on my staff yesterday, I said, uh, he said, can I have a Sabbath? since I worked Saturday and Sunday. He was with me on the road. And I said on one condition, he said, uh, first of all, he said, is yard work. Is that okay on Sabbath? I said, well, if yard work is your therapy, not because some work that you need to do, then don't do it. But if that's something replenishes your soul because you love flowers, you want to remove away the weed and this is recharging your tank, then you have the permission to do that. I'm not creating law, I'm creating love. Loving God, loving yourself, and then loving the people around you, family, friends, community that are Gainers, not drainers in energy. So I'm just putting that together with you. Not a key principle on Sabbath. So some of the spiritual discipline, some of the practical water, proper sleep, exercise, fuel your body with decent fuel. And again, I, I do okay, but I need to do better if I'm going to finish well. So this is part of the reason I'm sharing with you some of the things that I am taking to heart in this season. It's going to require more fuel in this season. And it is more important for me what I have to say no to, to be able to say yes to that, especially with the lifestyle I have and added a doctor degree on the top of it. So we need to start well, making sure we have in place and have a proper foundation. One of the best tools I will give you for that proper foundation if you want to start well. And I'm just kind of giving an overview. We maybe have to have part two or part three to this, but I do feel it is very, very important to help people. Have a solid foundation. Make sure that you know the Word of God and have time in the Word of God, because if the Spirit comes and you don't have the Word of God, there's so many people that end up in deception and say, oh, God told me this or God told me that. I had somebody this week and it was so clear what God told them. And I was like, well, Probably is because you didn't know the word of God. Because the spirit will never say something that is contrary to the word of God. Because he is the one that inspired the word of God. And he doesn't speak against himself. So there was just some of those different tests that I could do. Second of all, the word that he was sure was God. Even if it was an audible voice, I know it couldn't be God in it. Because it didn't pass the love test. And if you go to 1 Corinthians 13, even when the prophetic has to be passed, is love kind and you can just go through those 14 characteristics of love, and it didn't pass the love test. So I'm saying that just that, be careful. Make sure you have the Word of God. Make sure that you know him, and not just know his face, but also know his ways. Making sure you know Jesus, and because you cannot make him known if you don't know him. So have time with Jesus. That's why the Sabbath is so important. So the Word, making sure that you have time. Make sure that you're being also led by the Spirit. I encourage you even to have a prayer language. And if you don't have that, I will release that because there's so many times on a daily basis I do not know what to pray. And that's when the Spirit comes in and intercede that what it does. This is not a batch of, hey, I am better than you. This is a batch of humility. And that is, I need you, Holy Spirit. And when I don't know what to do, I come to you, Holy Spirit. And it connects with the father connects with the son keeps that oneness in the spirit so i encourage you to do that so anyway make sure you have a proper foundation that you start well but on the run make sure we're going to run with endurance pace yourself think yourself what i do today how that's connected to five years 40 years and etc making sure that you pace yourself well in the middle of it and that you build capacity that other thing that the scripture says, let go of the weight. And again, I mentioned toxic thinking. Certain relationship perhaps in this season needs begun Because some of you are living in codependent relationship. That you're constantly trying to lift somebody up. And I, when I was a youth pastor, I showed that analogy because I have a couple of youth. They never was able to run the race because they always got pulled down. And I realized what they were doing is like, if I put you up on the top of the chair and you're gonna pull somebody up under that chair. It is gonna be very difficult. Sooner or later they probably win because of the law of gravity. And there's also a law of gravity in the spirit realm that operates in a similar way. When you are trying to help somebody in relationship, could be a spouse, could be a friend, could be a brother, could be somebody in your relationship, but you are working and using a lot of energy to try to get them to be motivated instead of helping them directly to go and find (laughs) that same pure water, that fresh bread for they themselves. So you cannot be more hungry than other people are hungry for them. But you can because of your lifestyle and the transformation in your life. And they see your hunger create hunger in the people around you. So I'm saying that that's also let go of the weight. So what is holding you back? That could be financially weight, weight of the different things that you're doing. But what are the weight that is weighing you down? What are some of the heaviness? He says, come to me, all of you are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. So the invitation of running the race is not running alone, you're running with him. And you are running such a pace when you're running with him. But he says, come to me, all of you are weary. If you sense the weight of that run, come to me. The qualification to come to him is that you have issues. So when you have issue, don't try to do it alone. Come to Jesus. And he says, my yoke, meaning he wants to run together with you. And you find that rhythm in the race when you are walking with Jesus. You're walking in the spirit when you're coming together with him. And you're finding the rhythm of his grace. Then he says, learn from me. There's a way. In one moment, he goes right up to the mountain and he pray. He says, learn from me because I'm low and meek or humble in heart, And I give you rest for your soul. Oh, there's nothing better than when you're running the race that there's rest in your soul. It's called soul prosperity. When that is happening, there's a whole different rhythm in the daily Grace that God gives you as you're tapping into His ability, let go of the weight, and also any sin that entangles you as says So, if there's any areas in your life that you continue to fall, and the enemy then will continue to blackmail you, it is almost like you have a leak in your life, and it's just leaking oil constantly. And you can try to pour in more oil, but what a sin does is also separate you from that connection of being one together with Him. So, I just want to challenge you to sit down then and say, what are some of the weight medalists? What are some of the sin that so easily entangles me according to the word of God and making sure that we do not do that. What are some of the things that get me off track? The distraction. And there's nothing wrong with a lot of different stuff. That could be YouTube and social media. There can be sports. There can be so many different things. But what we have a tendency to do is things that recharges us because we are emotionally unhealthy. It's easy to get some carbohydrates or get me some nice little chocolate, something to make me feel good and later on feel bad, or drinking some caffeine just to be able to get the energy up and going because we don't know how to tap into the anointing. So this is not a guilt thing, but I do things with moderation, making sure that you, at least most of the times, are doing the things that is healthy for you, both spirit, soul, and body. But the scriptures gives a warning, get rid of the weight, get rid of the sin. Because you are connected. There's people in heaven watching you in the way we are running the race. And you are part of a bigger picture in yourself. Your life doesn't belong to you. It belongs to him. But it also belongs to history. So that his story becomes your destiny. And when you're looking at his story and people are looking at you, that you are part of something. And it is not just about you. But you're realizing all those people that paid a price that went before you, that are in heaven, they are watching you right now. What are you doing with this one life to live? So you start well. In the middle of it, you run, you get rid of the stuff that is the obstacles, you find the rhythm of His grace, you're making sure you stay healthy spirit, soul, body, making sure that the immune system of the spirit is healthy as you run the waste. Don't run alone is another key. Find a tribe, find other people that motivate you in the run. I have seen that when I've been out there jogging or if I'm doing my push-up, if I have somebody there with me, uh, I go a little bit further than if I did just myself. It's called a synergy. So when I'm doing the doctor degree, I have a whole group of people doing it. I'm not alone and I call them and we encourage one another. And Come on, let's get rid of that weight. Do not allow any sin to entangle you. Don't get distracted. Let's get back up again. We're going to win. And eventually there is a goal and it is not about graduation, but it is now to be able to make some sacrifices so that a generation you don't see is going to be able to not have to make the same sacrifices. They have to create their own ones. And then back to the finishing. He is the finisher of our faith. And there's been so many different times where people are coming into an impartation. They are receiving a word. They're having an encounter with him. Then they abort the very thing that he gave them because of the discomfort, because of the pain, because of the things in the middle of it. And some of them is just having miscarriages and then they are frustrated and they're running to get another impartation, another prophecy. And they're looking at all the prophecy of the life, but they do not realizing in this journey that often prophecy and encounter comes in a seed format. But now as they're going through the gestation period and often it is right before there is birthing, right before there is birthing, they compromise. They either give up or to some degree get distracted or there's something the enemy sets up because their emotional tank is low because they're carrying something bigger than themselves and they are not ready for the birthing and what needs to be taking place. But the reason Jesus endured the suffering was because the joy set before him. You need to have something a reward set before you you need to start to see like by, for myself to see millions and millions of names added to the lamb's book of life to be able to see the 143 unreached people groups in Kashmir, to see them in heaven they're worshiping before the lord and for 2000 years they have not had a gospel to be able to see the pashtun and the taliban having a breakthrough and to be able to see them or oh, when i'm seeing the next generation or the millions and millions of the young muslims that don't know jesus are just sensing this this burning this desire me, am I willing to pay the price so that they have an opportunity to get their name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So what am I willing to pay a price for? What am I willing to lay down my life for? You cannot lay down your life for everything. But find those few things that gives you the joy that sets before you. So that when I'm doing my doctor degree, when I'm writing a book, when I'm doing a master class, when I'm doing some of those different things, is because I've seen something that is there that is worth it. First of all, you have to have the eternal. The eternal has to become our internal before we change the external. You have to see how your life fits into eternity. There's an eternal life, and eternal life didn't happen and it doesn't happen when you die. It happened in the moment when you're born again. Eternity has already started and started in your heart. I am not going to die. I'm actually just going to change from bliss this place to a greater glory. But now you've run with eternity in your mind, eternity in your heart. Everything I do is with an eternal mindset, realizing it's going to count for eternity. and I get to spend a few years here if that's 80 or 90 or shorter period of time. I'm just going to making sure that Jesus is the author, the one that wrote down the whole history and the destiny of my life, but he is also the finisher of my faith. And i just sensing that I wanted to challenge, I wanted to encourage. This is words that is just ministering to me in this season. I just want to share it with you. I don't know where you're at in the journey. I believe that most of you have started well. Most of you are on a run towards your destiny. Some of you have been distracted. Some of you have maybe fallen. Some of you just got tired some of you just lost the focus and just needs to get back up again and get focused some of you just kind of are medicating in different ways just to kind of a survive instead of thrive because you have not seen the price set before you because you're not living for something bigger than yourself some of you even a little disappointed with jesus because that you thought that when you said yes to this it was what jesus was going to do for you and then he didn't meet your expectation and you didn't know that you had a self-centered message. And then you're wondering all those words that are speaking over your life, why it is not taking place. Uh, Because you wanted a savior, but you didn't want the Lord. I'm just being very blunt here because there is people right now, you're giving up and you're getting distracted. You're going into the deconstruct of the Christian faith. You start to water it down or stepping into universalism or something in here. You're getting distracted because of disappointments in your life. But part of the disappointment is that you had expectancy towards Jesus or expectation towards Jesus. And you said, He didn't meet my expectations, so I'm disappointed, so I'll lower my expectancies, I don't have to live with the pain and disappointment. But now you don't see too much, and then you try to fill it up with something else. And I'm here just to challenge and encourage you to get up again. Put your eyes on Jesus. This is not about you. It is about Him. And when you make it all about Him, be surprised, He suddenly brings you into it. It is in a place of surrender there is a place of egg change. It is a very much in the place when you lose your life is when you find it. It is in the place where you of saying no to everything else, and you're saying yes to Him. It is when you see this pearl that is so beautiful and valuable, nothing else matters. It is in the moment like this one person that said, I mean, he had gone through so much suffering, but he said that I consider it joy. Every single day, being in a prison in Romania, being tortured for Christ, that was Richard Warmbrandt. And being tortured night and day for Christ, he saw that as an incredible joy. What a privilege I have to be tortured for Christ. And people all over the world. Not just in China and all over the world. Suddenly realize I've captured the eternal and if I have to every single day go to that, I have eternity in mine. So, congratulations, there's a calling. There's a ray set before each one of us. I encourage you, if you do not have, today we have actually, and I'm not doing this as sales things, But we have this blueprint for kingdom identity that I encourage you, if you don't have that, it's pretty much get into chair number one. Get a baptism of love, healing the orphan spirit. Take that and then get the interviews that I have with Heidi Baker, Bill Johnson, Randy Clark. I am interviewing all Brian Simmons. I'm interviewing all those people that on the journey towards life are now teaching us the life lessons so that we can finish well so the finisher anointing can be released over your life that you will get up again and you will get up every single morning and do whatever is needed to finish everything that god has called you to do so we do have that now as a product you can bring that with you on the phone if you are hungry or on your ipad go to some of those sessions just to developing the very identity of a runner that is keeping his eyes and fixing it on Jesus so that you will finish, finish well. So Father, I just thank you so much that there is a finisher anointing. I need a finisher anointing. I'm at the age of 57 and already have a lot of scars and even some of the pain that I have is because I didn't on a daily basis do some of the things that was needed to take care of both my body and my soul in the middle of this race. Sometimes I went on too high RPM. And the engine just couldn't handle all of that. And then I got a little frustrated with you and asking you to bring healing, and why didn't you heal me? And he is like, hey, Leif, you didn't keep the Sabbath. And I first said, but that's law. He said, no, that's love. You did not love you well. You loved the world and you loved everybody there, but you didn't love you the way that I love you. And I've from that because I just thank you so much that there is healing in the Sabbath. You showed us a rhythm of how to be able to finish well. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are our example so that we could follow in your footstep. I thank you, Jesus that you finished well, you didn't just start well. Thank you, Jesus, that the Pharisees couldn't stop you. I thank you that sickness and disease couldn't stop you. I thank you that even the disappointment of you, Judas selling your life, or Peter denying you, all the stuff that you experienced, none of that could stop you because you had something that was fixed, something that was clear. There was something that you were willing, including the cross. Oh, help us to endure the cross. Take up that cross and following you. Oh, I'm just asking for the endurance, the endures anointing, also to be with us as part of the finisher anointing. Perseverance. Let that also be so much part of our journey. Not just as I'm saying to get up in the morning, but to endure everything that we need to endure. So we are building resistance and muscles in this season so that we're maintaining strength. So I thank you, Jesus, for being that example. Thank you, Jesus, that whoa, that you are the Alpha and Omega. You are the beginning and the end, and you are the author and the finisher of our faith. And I thank you that we don't have to run alone, but you are inviting us. Come to me. All of you are weary and heavy laden. I will give you rest. In the middle of all the sweat, there is rest and running from that place of rest. Take my yoke upon you. Don't run alone. Let me, every single step, every single day, in every way, Run with the yoke, my yoke, because that's easy. I carry the load of it. So when you're tired, I carry that with you. And then learn, learn from me, he says. Learn from my way of going up to the mountain to pray, taking my Sabbath, continue to do that, but also being able to sleep in the middle of the storm or in other cases, being up all night, whatever is needed, but find it the rhythm of grace, because all I did is what I saw my father do, and I said what I hear my father say. So I just bless that over you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. I release the author anointing, but also the perfecter and the finisher anointing in Jesus. Not just the author, that writes the history and the destiny over your life, but also the finisher anointing to be upon you so that you will finish well. Sit down, take for a few moments, and say, how did I start? Was the things that I need to maybe going back and making sure that I have a good foundation? How is my race? How am I running my race on a daily basis? Like myself, I'm making some adjustments in my life. I'm cutting some things and I'm making some more margins in my life so that I can run better. I'm letting go of some of the weight that I've been carrying in the season so I can run a little bit lighter. There's some things that I'm doing in the run, but how am I going to finish? Be clear about some of the things. And a couple of things that I do is getting higher level of accountability, higher amount of intercessors in my life. People are asking me some of the difficult questions, higher level of accountability. There's some different things that we bringing in so that we can making sure that we will finish well and then getting healthy healthy in different areas in our life and then keeping my eyes on the price what this is all about what am i living for that was worth jesus dying for in jesus name amen